welcome back to the Hungry for Success podcast. I'm your host, Michael Phelps. On this episode of the show, I got to sit down and talk to Chase Smith. We talked a lot about Chase's journey to losing 180 pounds, goal setting, tracking calories, and having a mindset to never give up on yourself. This episode was extremely informative and very inspiring. Make sure you guys check Chase out on Instagram at changing underscore chase and he has one-on-one coaching he has lots of infographics that um, will really stick out to you give you some good information also be sure to check out us on instagram at hungry for success podcast and make sure that you leave a review on your podcast app with that said here he is chase smith chase how you doing man doing well how are you doing I'm doing great, man. I cannot complain. So I did see on Instagram that you got into the gym today. I did. Yes. <laughs> After like five, six months, it is, it felt so good to get into the gym today. It was just so much different because like when, once the pandemic started, like I, I knew I needed to get something at home. So thankfully I was able to grab some like dumbbells and stuff from the store before everybody cleaned out. Um, so I built up kind of my own home gym but nothing's like actually walking into the gym and just it's a whole different mindset inside of a gym and with other people working out and also just all the extra equipment available that I don't have at home. So it's great workout today. Yeah. Same for me. I mean, I've been back to the gym for a little while, but uh, I had been kind of slowly building a home gym before this and it's great. And I love the home gym, but at the same time, there are way more distractions and not the same like environment as there is in the actual gym. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, and it's so much easier. Like once you start, like if you're, if you start getting like bummed out or something, it's just so easy just to, all right, just walk back inside the house. <laughs> Instead yeah. of like, you know, you feel like, you know, but if you actually like drive to the gym and you, know, you feel like, you know, at least put in your effort there. Yeah, I just took my pre-workout and drove all the way here. I don't want to turn around and leave. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so before we get too far into this, um, just want to let the audience know a little bit about you, um, your weight loss journey. You've lost a ton of weight, made a complete transformation. look awesome. Seen some of your before and master pictures on Instagram. So if you don't mind, just give us a little bit of your background. Yeah. So, I mean, just kind of even starting like before the journey, like, I guess I should just go ahead and like say, you know, I've always been a heavy kid throughout my life, always, um, maybe not like really, really obese, um, until probably like middle of high school, I think was like when I really started to pack on the pounds, um, every year and it just continued to get worse and worse each year, you know, and, you know, I had started trying to diet pretty early on and I would, get on a diet. Usually it was whatever fad diet it was that year, you know, you name it, I've probably tried it. Um, and I would get really excited about it, motivated. You know, that was always my, like my new year's resolution every year was like lose weight and I get on the diet, be doing great. I'd lose like 30, 40 pounds or so. And then I'd hit that first plateau and that first plateau, I'd like try to push through it. And I think every year I was able to push like maybe a little bit more, but eventually just due to the type of diet and the restrictions that were involved with that kind of diet, I just got tired of trying because I would not see the results that I was looking for. Um, and I would just give up and I would then just kind of revert right back to my old ways, old eating, eating habits, um, a lot of binge eating. Um, and I just packed the weight back on and usually some more. Um, 
So then leading up to January 2019, I weighed 382 pounds. Um, definitely very unhealthy. Um, I felt okay. Like I, I know some people have like a big health scare or something like that that kind of helps them make this, make this transition. Um, I didn't really have that. Um, I mean, I knew, I knew I wasn't healthy. I mean, just by my weight, but like, you know, for the most part, like I didn't have like a ton of like, you know, I didn't have like diabetes or anything. I was close, but you know, again, no big like health scares, but I knew I was going down the wrong path and things were probably going to continue to just get worse if I kept doing what I was doing. Um, but a coworker of mine challenged me to a weight loss challenge back in January, 2019. And it just kind of started, it's just kind of a lighthearted thing. You know, I, I honestly didn't really see it going this far. I thought it would just be kind of like any other year. It's like, sure. Yeah, let's, you know, let's do it and see what happens. <laughs> um, so I started the um, challenge with her and, you know, we were like, all right. So like every three months we'll like, you know, weigh in and whoever's lost the most, you know, will like has to like pay for something, you know, like a trip somewhere or, a, you know, go to a concert, you know, the other one has to, whoever lost has to pay for it. You know, just, we had set all these kind of goals up and, but then like after the first month, really like, so my first month I lost about like, I think it was like 32 pounds or something like that. Wow. I mean, and now looking back now that I know like what's involved with weight loss, I know a lot of that was like initial like water weight loss, you know, all that that comes off in the very beginning really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really got me motivated and that really, and it, and not only that, but like also having the accountability of someone else doing this with me. Um, and we ended up ditching the challenge. Uh, we just said, you know, let's just continue just to push each other. You know, we're both going to the gym. We're both changing our eating habits. We're both, you know, making all these improvements. Let's just keep pushing each other to do better. Um, and so that's what we did. We kept going and, you know, even like through like the plateaus and stuff, we just tried to just push through. And, um, I did, I, I should go back you know, a little bit. I did start with some intermittent fasting right in the very beginning, okay. just because again, that was like the big, like fad at the time when I started. Uh, so I started that for a little while, realized that I didn't like it. You know, I like to eat when I want to eat, not around like certain windows. And that's kind of about the time when I started to learn about counting calories and counting macros and like learning that as long as you have calorie control and you eat in a calorie deficit, you can lose weight. Like yeah. it doesn't matter how you do it. As long as you're in a calorie deficit, you can lose weight. So I just the intermittent fasting about after two months, um, started working, um, more and more. And I, about April or so, I, um, met a uh, nutrition coach on Instagram, just happened to stumble across his, uh, Instagram page. And I answered like something on his story, like a poll or something. And he just messaged me. and was like, Hey, you know, you know, my name's Josh. I'm, you know, nutrition coach. I have a free Facebook group that, you know, if you want to join, you know, people are always sharing like what they're doing to lose weight and everything. I was like, okay, sure. Why not? Um, and I joined. And then he reached out to me for a coach if I wanted to be, uh, join his one-on-one coaching team. And I was like, no, nah, I'm doing okay. I'm, I don't feel like I need you know, to pay for one-on-one coaching right now. I feel like I'm doing pretty well. But, you know, he still continued to help me and still continue to help me learn about calories and macros and teaching me more about counting and how to count and like how to create that consistency that we're, we all need. Uh, and then in May, I actually hit the 
100 pounds loss mark. Wow. I lost my first 100 pounds in less than five months. Um, that was a huge milestone for me just to like see that kind of transformation that quickly. And yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And th- thank you. And I, and it didn't really feel that restrictive. Like, I think that's what the biggest key was in this is I didn't feel super restrictive throughout this time. Um, I continued to work losing weight throughout the summer. Things really started to slow down, you know, and I knew it would. And, you know, and, um, you know, Josh had told me it would. He, you know, he kind of tried to prepare me for that. And once it started to slow down, it, it was frustrating. But I started to, like, look at other ways of making progress, you know, how I'm feeling, you know, I'm losing inches still. The pictures, you know, I, t- I took progress pictures every two weeks just to keep an eye on things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could still see progress there. And that really helped kind of keep me going, even though when I thought I was plateauing through that time. Yeah. I mean, like I, like I said, I lost hundred pounds in less than five months. And then fast forward to like beginning of maybe like end of July or so, I, I really, I had lost like 20 pounds, which is still great. Yeah. But I was like, why is this slowing down so much? Like I've lost, you know, it took me less than five months, I lost hundred pounds and now I've lost 20 in the, in the next like, you know, four months or so. So it was kind of frustrating, but then that's when I did the photos and I really saw how much progress I was still making. So that really helped me keep going. Um, but then I started to notice even more of a slowdown. So that's when I ended up hiring Josh as my um, one-on-one coach, mm-hmm. uh, nutrition coach in August. We, and then he started helping me get my calories up to closer to maintenance. Uh, because when I was first starting to track calories, just to see where I was at, I was probably eating 12 to 1400 calories, which is definitely not enough to be what I should be eating. Uh, but that it just by eating clean, so to speak, mm-hmm. that's kind of where it put me at. Yeah. So we started working my calories up and by the, um, close to the end of the year, I was eating a little over 2300 calories, still seeing results and, you know, making progress. And right towards the end, I was like, you know, I'm getting pretty close to this 150 pound mark or losing 150 pounds. I was like, let's see if I can do this in, in, in a year. Um, so we continued to push through and like right towards the beginning of December, it was like, okay, you know, we have like five pounds to hit that mark. So he helped me go through a, a controlled calorie deficit um, to really push through towards the end and towards like the middle or towards the, like maybe like the 20th or so of December, I lost 151 pounds. Um, and that was another huge milestone for me just to be able to say I've lost 150 pounds in a year and just to know that I was able to accomplish that kind of accomplishment. Uh, I was able to stick through it, you know, good days, bad days and just keep going. Yeah. That's to do a lot for your confidence. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like a hundred percent. I mean, just knowing that you can do something as you set your mind to it and then actually following through with it is, is huge confidence booster and so then went back to maintenance to the end of the year then in january went back into another deficit um, just kind of speeding right along here like you know i lost another about 20 pounds in that deficit and went back up to maintenance uh, this past maintenance period i've lost i mean excuse me i um, made it all the way up to about 2900 calories um, which may have been even like a tad surplus at the time um, but we were trying to push our limits as high as we could um, to really just help me optimize how I was feeling. 
and I just started another deficit a few weeks ago and lost some more weight and now I've lost a total of um, at my lowest weight I've lost 183 pounds that's amazing man so how much more would you like to lose do you have a, a goal um not really an end goal I, I've always you know in the very beginning I had a few like numbers like just arbitrary numbers picked out but I've kind of just come to learn that you really don't know what your goal is until you get there. Yeah. And I think once I get there and I feel comfortable at where I'm at, but I think I'm also the kind of person that's always going to be pushing for something else. Like even when I hit a goal, I'm always looking at what's the next goal. Like it may not always be like this, the number on the scale kind of goal, mm-hmm. but it may be some other type of accomplishment. Uh, I do have another number in mind. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it because it, I am getting somewhat close to it for too long. And, kind of saving that surprise, but um, I do have another number goal in mind that I'll be hopefully sharing the next month or two, maybe. Uh, We'll see how it goes. But, you know, I'm really going to start focusing more on like strength training. You know, eventually once I get to the end of this deficit, when I go back up to maintenance, I really want to start working on strength training more. And, you know, who knows, maybe at some point I'll start working on a very small surplus and working on adding muscle. Um, the goals are always changing and I don't know exactly where I'll end up, but I'm just going to keep going and keep pushing myself. Yeah. You made a good point about goals there. And like, you know, it's not always going to be a number goal. Eventually it's going to be a goal and something else. So you can continue to push yourself, but in different ways, because, um, you know, I got to where I wanted to for a while and stayed in like a maintenance, but at that point it gets really hard to stay motivated because, the scale isn't moving. You're not seeing that like, um, quantitative change, you know, so having goals in different areas, whether that's strength training, um, you know, running, uh, all these different things can really help keep you pushing, um, your fitness in the right direction or your health in the right direction. Exactly. So one thing that I wanted to jump, uh, back to is you talked about in, you always were a heavier kid, but then like in high school is when you really started to pack on the pounds, um, gain weight. What, uh, what do you think triggered that? And like, how did that happen? Was it just like poor eating habits that you developed over the years or was it, uh, some kind of like emotional eating or what was like the root cause of that? You think? I have a couple of different things. Like I, I've always been an emotional eater, eat for every emotion. I mean, like if, if I'm happy and celebrating something, we're celebrating with food. If I'm sad, I'm reaching for food. If I'm mad about something, I'm reaching for food. It's just like I always just reach for food for as an answer to all my problems. Um, and then also I think one thing I've kind of tied together is throughout like middle high school, it's also when I started driving and I think having more access to those kind of things because like in our household, like, yeah, we had like some like unhealthier foods and stuff available, but like, I don't think it wasn't really that it was now that I was able to drive around and like I could go through the drive through if I wanted to, or I could stop at a gas station and grab, you know, a bag of chips or a candy bar, or I could, you know, wherever I wanted to go, I could, you know, I, I was able to take myself wherever I wanted to go. Yeah. And I think that really contributed a lot to it. Um, but I've, I've always been a, I I really just kind of like a mindless eater as well. Like I didn't really 
like I didn't have to have a reason to eat, be eating. I would just eat for no reason at all, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always felt like I had to be snacking on something. Yeah, so that's, you know, kind of a good point in like my story or similar to my story in that I've always really been like a mindless eater and eat out of convenience, like just hop in the car instead of cooking myself breakfast and grab something from a gas station or so on. And so I think actually starting to drive probably significantly increased my calorie consumption and weight gain because I was able, I didn't have to get up in the morning and make myself some oatmeal and some eggs before school. I was going to McDonald's or going to the gas station or whatever. Um, And I think that's probably something that happens to a lot of people. Um, whenever they're growing up. But I really like to ask that question because I think it helps people relate to you. It's hard for um, it's hard for a lot of people to answer that question of how they got heavy in the first place. But then when people come back and listen to the show for inspiration or, you know, tips of how they improve going forward, that's the kind of stuff that makes them relate to your story and be able to implement some of these things in their own life. Like, Hey, you know, I am an emotional eater and like, this is how Chase has coped with this, you know, um, what can I do? So what are some things that you may have done to, you know, cope with that, like emotional eating or mindless eating or those things that kind of put you into that spot in the first place? I think a lot of it had to do honestly, when I started tracking my food. Okay. Because when I started tracking my food, I started to actually see what I was putting in my body and how much. And it was one of those things where if I'm going to eat something, I had to track it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I mean, or I mean, I didn't have to, but, you know, calories count whether you track them or not. So you yeah. might as well track them and see what you're getting. Um, but just creating that awareness of what I am eating and how much I'm eating it makes you think about that before you just mindless eat, mindlessly eat. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big key player in making that transition <clears throat> and from mindless eating and like the, the binge eating and, and then just also being able to start making that connection of what are my goals? What's my reason why I want to hit those goals and making my reason why stronger than that instant gratification that I was going to get from whatever it may be that I was going to eat. I think that had a lot to do with, you know, when I want to reach for the bag of cookies, okay, I need to think to myself, do I want that bag of cookies that bad? Or do I really want to look at improving my health and getting my life straight and looking at those big goals that I have in mind? Yeah. And if you're able to start making those conscious decisions and like I tell people now, like, yeah, there's going to be times where it's like, nope, I, I want the cookies. <laughs> like I, I, I do want those. I'm going to have them now and enjoy them, but I'm making a conscious decision to have them and knowing that I'm maybe hitting a pause button on my goals. Yeah. So just being able to make that decision consciously has really helped with that. I have like a love hate relationship with tracking. I mean, I think it's something that everyone should do, right? Whenever you first start, I think everyone should, who is trying to embark on a weight loss journey should track for exactly the reasons why you said, 
learning what size portions they should be eating, learning what they are eating in the first place. Cause some people you ask them, they might say, Oh, I'm eating 2000 calories and it's actually more like 5,000 a day. Mm -hmm. But then I think, you know, I'm five years into this journey. If I was still tracking right now, it would be making me miserable. Right. I don't want to, you know, I've talked about this on the last, last episode, but how many times I've had to like dig through the trash. Cause like my wife made something I want to like scan that barcode or get the macros <laughs> off of it or something, you know, and I just don't want to do that anymore. So I think it is great to start. Um, but then, you know, it can consume you a little bit. Have you had any, have you had any kind of issues with that? Um, I mean, there are definitely times where I maybe didn't want to track, but I also know it just, it holds me accountable and it, I know that it's helped me get this far and I know that I'm not going to be doing it forever. Yeah. I have started to practice when I'm at maintenance I'm, I do practice some more intuitive days, you know, for those who don't know what that is, it's, you know, you're not tracking, you're just eating intuitively going off of like what you are, have learned with tracking. Um, so I've been taking more of those when I'm at maintenance. So I have a little bit more leeway to kind of play around with trying that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, like, it, I feel like you have to, it's like going to school. Like, you know, I, I, I'm a nurse. It's like, that's my full-time job. And like, I think about like when I went to school, did I like school? No, but I knew it was necessary to put in the work, to get through school learn how to become a nurse and then once I graduate okay it's no more school but now I'm able to be a nurse the rest of my life same thing with kind of tracking put in the work for a decent amount of time you know some people that might be some people might be able to get away with it for a few months and then be able to make a good transition Mm -hmm. some people might be a couple of years some people might be longer and that's okay it's whatever is best for you so I think that's super important to just learn how to track, why it's important. And that is a tool that you always have. So like, even when, you know, let's say next year I stop tracking and then two years from now, I start to notice the scales going up a little bit. It's like, maybe I'm not like in tune with exactly how much I'm eating. Mm-hmm. Well, I can just pick that tracking back up for a couple weeks, couple months, however long I need to kind of, you know, realign myself and, you know, really start to understand those things again. And then I can go right back to intuitive eating again. Like, I feel like that's just, it's just a valuable tool that you can add to your tool belt to be able to use the rest of your life whenever you need it. And whenever you need to fine tune goals and whenever, okay, maybe it's, you know, summer's coming up and you want to be able to, you know, maybe go into a, a controlled deficit and lose some pounds before the summer comes. Okay, well, maybe you start tracking for a couple of months in the beginning of the year. You know, you, you can always pull it out whenever you want. It's just an extra tool to have. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I have, uh, while I don't track now, I have gone back and picked up tracking when, you know, I, I tried intuitive eating for a while and gained gained weight back, you know, and so then I jumped right back on tracking and got myself back in line. And it is, it's a hard process to get off of but it's always something that you can go back to uh to get back to your goals and that's moves kind of perfectly into what i wanted to talk to next is you just talked about a little bit about um goals right before we started talking about the tracking and you were talking about having big goals um so when you started 
what were some of your big goals and like, how do you go about setting goals now? So when I first started, it was, I think, I mean, I can't remember exactly what my initial goal was, but I think it was something around like lose 50 pounds. Like it was something mm-hmm. like, it was a big number, but not like it wasn't the 150, 180 pounds that I've lost so far. Um, and I think it was like 50 pounds. And like, once I hit that, then it was to lose hundred pounds and then it was lose 150. And, um, but I've, I started to learn that if you, I think we all need short-term goals and long-term goals. Your short-term goals are the ones that you can maybe not, I don't want to say easily hit, but they are realistic and they are much more attainable and you will see them sooner than your long-term goals. Of course, they're the shorter-term goals. Yeah. Because those are the goals that you're going to rely on to keep you going throughout this process. You, you need these goals to be able to celebrate every little small victory you have. And if you're able to celebrate all these small goals along the way, then that will lead you right up to your big goal in the end. And so that's how I've kind of looked at, I, I've, I kind of always keep both of those in mind. Like I, I have that, the small goals that I keep, you know, celebrating, but I have my bigger goals in the distance that I know I'm going to get to eventually, but I'm going to focus on these short-term goals to keep me going until I get there. Yeah. And so I think even whenever it's long-term goals, like I, I was reevaluating my goals like literally just this week because I lack some motivation, so to say, probably within the last couple of months. I mean, still been still been eating right. My weight is still about the same. I just haven't made really the progress that I want to. So like reevaluating my goals, you know, my bigger goal right now is to lose 20 pounds. And that doesn't sound huge, but in the grand scheme of things, I've already lost 130. Um, I don't have a ton more weight to lose until I'm exactly where I want. So 20 pounds is the goal, but you know, I'm going to start with a five pound goal and just go at five pound increments until I get there. Um, because my kind of philosophy is one of the reasons I started the show is success is contagious, right? So you share your success, hopefully it motivates someone else, but it's the same thing with your goals. So that success and that five pound loss is going to motivate me to the next five pounds and the next five pounds and the next five pounds until I've hit that goal. Um, So I think that, you know, that's short-term goal, long-term goal. I think that's something that really anyone can implement. Um, But when it comes to actually selecting those goals, like how big, how big should a big goal be? You know, like should we shoot for the moon or, you know, would you have ever thought to make it that 150 pounds? No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll say that real quick. <laughs> Again, I mean, I, I, when I say that in the beginning, I honestly thought it was going to be just another year of yo-yo dieting. Like yeah. I, I really did. But once I realized that I wasn't going to make this just another year, like past years, I, I think your big goal should be big enough to scare you. Because you need that to push you. Mm-hmm. To step it, outside your comfort zone. Exactly. And we, we need to learn how to become more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yep. 
totally because true. progress is made outside of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. whether we like it or not. <laughs> um, and I think your goals need to be that big, scary goal. But again, that's why it's so important to make those short-term goals to keep you going. Because if you just have that big, scary goal, like if, if last year, January 1st, 2019, I would have said, I'm going to lose 150 pounds this year. I would have probably given up way sooner. Yeah. Because if, if I hadn't lost, like, you know, if I wasn't losing, you know, I don't know, no, in my mind, I probably would have broken that up to how much I need to lose per month to be able to get to that goal. And as soon as I had a month that it was slower than it should be in my mind, I probably would have given up. But I, I didn't shoot for those. You know, I kept adding on to my, you know, whenever I hit a goal, I'm already setting my next goal in mind. I mean, like when I hit this past goal of seeing the 100s, I already have my next goal in mind. And, you know, I celebrate, you know, that goal that I hit. But I also know I'm just, I'm just using that as fuel to keep me going until that next one. Yeah. Um, so what was, what do you think was the biggest struggle that you had during this 150 pound weight loss? Um, I would say learning not to beat yourself up or beat myself up over what are small things, but in the moment I see them as bigger things mm-hmm. because there's often a lot of times and you know, anyone who's going through a weight loss journey, you're going to have bad days. You're going to have bad weeks. I mean, let's be honest. Like you're going to have the weeks where you definitely just feel like you can't do it anymore and you want to give up, but you have to learn I, I, I love it. I'm, I'm going to use a, a, a saying that I've heard from um, Brad Jensen, a nutrition coach I follow with, you have to learn how to use grit and grace appropriately. Yeah. You need to have the grit, the, the grit to get you through those difficult days to keep pushing on. And to, even when you don't want to do things to, you know, you can have that grit to keep you going. But at the same time, you need to have that grace to allow yourself to mess up, to allow yourself to make mistakes. I think back to, you know, when I may have eaten more than I was expecting to, you know, I, my initial thing is, you know, I, I want to feel guilty. I want to beat myself up over it because I feel like I didn't, I'm not following my plan, but I also know I'm human and that's going to happen. It wasn't the first time, it's not gonna be the last time. But as long as I get right back on my plan and stay consistent, I'll be just fine. And I think, and it's, it goes back to also what my coach taught me from the very beginning. Your results are d- determined by what you do consistently. Mm-hmm. No matter how many bad days, bad weekends, whatever it may be, as long as you're consistently on point, you're going to see those results you're looking for. It, it really, I mean, 
I even think back to like when I went on vacation last year to Mexico with um actually with my friend who I started the weight loss journey with. I went in with this high expectation of all right, I'm gonna control what I eat for the most part. I'm gonna watch what I'm drinking. You know, I'm gonna you know I'll have some drinks, but I'm you know gonna try to avoid some of the sugary drinks and you know really watch what I'm eating and drinking the whole time. I'm gonna go to the gym every day. And, well, <laughs> let's just say I didn't go to the gym every day. Yeah, I went I a few even, times. I didn't even know vacation spots had gyms. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> nice ones. Um, no, but I, I went a few days, but I ate whatever I wanted. I didn't control that at all. I'll be honest. And I didn't control my drinking at all. So needless to say, I just had a great time, enjoyed it. I came back, the scale was up a couple pounds, but I didn't let it bother me because I knew it would be. I got right back to my plan that next morning I got back from that trip and not even a week out from the trip, I was already back to my pre-trip weight and still declining right back into my deficit. I don't, I think that, that analogy, the grit and grace, I think that is awesome. It, it definitely requires a lot of, uh, it requires balance, right? Yeah. And that is something that like I have struggled with um, throughout my journey is that I fuel myself sometimes with some negative self-talk and it, not necessarily in a bad way, but like you know, I eat bad. And it's like, Hey, you're better than that. Like, so the same thing that brings me down is what keeps me up. Does that make sense? And like, um, just constantly talking to myself, talking to myself through situations of like, you got to keep going, you got to keep working out, you got to stay consistent, you got to do this. And if you don't, it's like, Hey, why are you doing this? You got to keep, you got to keep going. But also those things can, you can beat yourself up in that same way. So you have to find a balance, which is something that, is hard to do. And I think is individual for everybody. Um, but once you find that balance, that really helps you moving forward. Yeah. I mean, that balance is definitely hard to achieve. I mean, it, I, I think back to all the times where I've definitely beat myself up too much or I've been way too relaxed maybe at times, but once you find that balance, it just feels so good because you realize that you can't screw this up really. And, and I know a lot of people are going to say, oh yeah, you can, you can, you know, you can gain all the weight right back. Yes, you can. But I've also learned through this process that if you are consistent and even if you start to verge out of that consistency, mm -hmm. you have time to pick right back up and steer in the right direction. I mean, like even when I was at this last maintenance phase and we had my calories as high as we could trying to, you know, hit the high end of maintenance and I was at a little over 2,900 calories, we think that I may have been in a small surplus because the scale had just barely started to creep up a little bit over in the, the raw trend had. And I knew, okay, you know, I need, maybe I'm a little bit too flexible, you know, even on my intuitive days, I'm being, you know, maybe eating too much. You know, maybe, you know, this is when we need to dial things back in. And so as soon as I did, it, I mean, I, I know that I, didn't, I hadn't put on fat because within like a week, my weight had returned back to the normal maintenance weight that I was at. Mm -hmm. But it just shows you like, if you just keep an eye on everything, like, you know, keep your eyes on all areas, 
and watch for overall trends, keep an eye on you know, your weight, you know, your body composition, measurements, just really to keep an overall big picture. You can catch things and make corrections before things just boil out of proportion. So in all honesty, I really think you can't screw this up if you just keep consistent and keep an eye on things. I think the problem is that a lot of people don't keep an eye on these things, right? That's what happens is it gets away from people just day after day of not, not necessarily paying attention because life just consumes people. You know, you got kids and work and a boss screaming at you and you work 60 hours a week and, you know, all these things. And, you know, you don't see that one pound this week and that two pounds next week. And then the next thing before you know it, you're in a three X shirt and you're like, how did I even get here? Right. So a lot of people don't, I think a lot of people just don't keep their, um, keep that in the forefront of their mind because there's so many things that are just like glaring on fire priorities right in front of our face all the time. While your health is like your priority, it's just like slowly declining and kind of can go unnoticed. And that's what I worry about. And so I know a lot of people don't like this and, you know, controversial, whatever, but I step on the scale every single day. And the reason why is because I, not to get consumed with the number. And sometimes I do, and that's a negative, but not to get consumed with the number, but just to keep an eye on where I'm at and not to, not to let that get out of my mind. No. Yeah. And you know, let's say two things with that. Like, so one, I, I'm, a, I'm a very firm believer of weighing every day. I really am. Like I, I am one of those, I, I think you should. Um, and it is hard, especially in the beginning. Um, we all, I think, you know, people who are trying to lose weight at one point in time have a negative relationship with the scale. Mm -hmm. But if you improve that relationship with the scale over time and start tr learning how to look at that as just data points and not letting those numbers on the scale define who you are, that is when you can really see the true potential of this, what the scale can do for you to keeping track. And to go back to the priorities thing you addressed, I understand that, but I'm just going to play devil's advocate here just because I, I, this is one thing I've really found important throughout this. Mm -hmm. You have to keep yourself a priority. Yeah. And I, and I know that is before everyone's thinking like, yeah, easier said than done. Yes, it is easier said than done. But, how can you serve others if you're not taking care of yourself? If your priorities are not in line with who you want to become and who you want to be and who you are, how can you continue to serve others at your best? You can't pour from an empty glass. So you need to keep your priorities high and stay focused on, you know, whether it's, you know, again, like once, you know, we stop tracking and going to intuitive eating and you're keeping an eye on the scale, if the scale is going to be that one thing that helps you make sure you're staying on track, make that a non-negotiable and continue to weigh yourself every day and make it a point to keep an eye on that. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I know it's so much easier said than done. It really is. But I mean, I, I've, I've really learned I have to start putting myself first. I mean, this year, I, 
I mean, I'm not in school now, but I just graduated back in May. But, you know, at the time I was going through school, working full time, you know, busy life, trying to you know, go to the gym, stay healthy. You know, and now I have my own coaching business in the mix. I, I mean, all of these things add up, but I'm still keeping me as my number one priority. And that is not selfish. So many people think that you have to put others first, but you can't because you're not going to be able to serve them at the highest you can if you yourself are not taking care of first. Yeah, you can't do anything for anyone else if you're not physically able to or if you're not around due to your health. And that's how I look at it too um, is – you know, I try to have those non-negotiables like you're talking about to make sure that I am the priority. And right now, I mean, honestly, right now it's pretty easy for me because I don't have kids. It's just me and my wife. She's very active. So we can do things together, go to the gym together. I go to jujitsu, all this different stuff to keep me active, keep me moving towards my goals. Um, So it'll be interesting to see like as, you know, the seasons of life change and we progress in our, you know, to see, how that works. But one thing that I hope I can always do is keep myself as that priority so that I can be a good family member and all that kind of stuff. Um, One thing, this is going back a little bit, but one thing I wanted to go back to was you talked about how you had done a bunch of different diets and been successful on them to the extent where you lost 30 some pounds. What has been like the real difference now, as opposed to those? So like what, um, you hit some plateaus. What made you fail on those diets? Because they obviously worked to a certain extent to lose that weight. Um, what was like the defining thing? If I had to nail it to one thing, it would be the restriction that those diets involved. I was trying to create a lifestyle out of the diet mm-hmm. instead of trying to create a diet for my lifestyle. These diets, you know, for example, you know, I've never done keto because keto came out like a little bit after, like I, it got big kind of after I'd already started this. So I hadn't done keto, but I did um, Adkins, which is pretty much the same thing. I mean, um, but, you know, both with the basis of cutting carbs. Okay, so if you cut carbs, you're, no, you're now putting yourself into a calorie deficit just because you're eliminating these carbs. So, you know, you're going to diet, 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 diet. And this whole time, you're probably not feeling the greatest because, you know, you're, you're wanting carbs, but you feel like you can't have them. So you're looking for every excuse to get off this diet and start eating your, start eating your carbs again. And so once you're off the diet, you start getting your carbs back and you put the weight back on. Why? Because you haven't learned how to eat. If you learn what is in the food, how many calories are in everything you're eating, the portion sizes, and and this, and you know, I'm tying this back to tracking again. And this is why I think tracking is so important and so helpful is because you learn how to eat. And I know that sounds so simple and so easy, but if you learn how to eat, you can learn how to work in everything you want to. Yeah. And, you know, it's a very flexible approach. You know, some people call it like flexible dieting or whatever it may be called. But by counting your calories, you learn that, you know, as long as you're keeping, you know, of course you have to keep food quality high. 
a lot of people think that when you're counting calories, it's like, oh yeah, I can have, you know, a dozen cookies every day because it fits my calories. That's not what we're saying. You have to keep food quality high. You know, you're, you're wanting to focus on wholesome, nutritious foods about 80% of the time. And then 20% of the time or so, you know, that's your fun foods that you enjoy, pizza, tacos, ice cream, whatever it may be. But you learn how to work those things in and still help you reach your goals. But with the restriction of all the other diets, you're just, it, it, you, you should not be trying to, if you don't see yourself doing that diet for the rest of your life, do you really think you're going to sustain it once you stop? That's what people need to think about is what can you see yourself doing five, 10 years from now? Yeah. I think that's the bad rep that keto gets right is people lose a ton of weight on it and then they dive right back into the carbs and they haven't made that change. So I actually went the other way. So I did lose probably 70 pounds of my weight doing keto, but I did more like flexible dieting type stuff before to lose like the first 30 pounds to get to my hundred. And then when I came off of it, I mean, I had a little bit of, I guess you could say regain, but uh, I would say a lot of it was probably water. Um, mm -hmm. And then it eventually came off anyways. But like you're saying, I did understand how I should be eating. I was having a really high calorie output with all the different things I do. Um, and I was able to do that. So the, on the, opposite side of that you know the bad rep that flexible dieting gets or if it fits your macros is that it is the pop tarts and the cookies and stuff and you know i just uh, i'm on like a facebook group and i just saw a question posted today is if i eat 1200 calories of whole nutritious food and 1200 calories or 1200 calories of mcdonald's is that the same because calories are calories and, you know, I think we both know that it's not the same. I mean, it is, um, I guess, if you want to say biologically and, you know, the calorie expenditure, but the nutrition that you're getting, how the satiety that you're going to get and stuff is going to be way more from the Whole Foods than from the McDonald's. Exactly. And I love that you brought that point up. And, and, and it's super true. And, you know, calories are calories, no matter how you look at them, you know, 100 calories of Brownies is the same as 100 calories of broccoli, mm -hmm. but they have different micronutrients and different nutrient and macro profiles. And again, you know, the satiety and like they're going to affect your hunger different. They're going to affect how you feel differently. Um, I mean, if you eat 1200 calories with a McDonald's, you're not going to feel that great compared to if you ate 1200 calories of wholesome nutritious foods. So, but I think that's, also where you can say, you know, you can work in those things as long as you're keeping a focus on the wholesome nutritious foods. Yeah, I think you said the 80-20 rule there. And yeah. that's what that's what a lot of people go by. And even now, like I'm kind of doing, I do more so a, a bodybuilding type uh, training diet. I have a coach, the whole nine yards. Um, still, you know, mine's probably more like 90 10 or what, I mean, I have mm -hmm. one cheat meal with a dessert, um, each week, but I try to maintain that myself, like the 80, 20 rule, because I think that it's when you're someone like me, who's been overweight my whole life, this is something I'm going to have to deal with forever, right? It's not something I'm just going to be able to put in my, the back of my mind and eat whatever I want and not worry about it. So 
keeping that 80 20 rule really kind of keeps you sane. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. That's what helps. That's what's helped me get through all this. I know I can have the, you know, the night out with some friends out to eat. I know I can go to a birthday party and have a piece of birthday cake, you know, with wherever I'm at. You know, I know I can have a you know pizza with some friends. I know I can have, you know, whatever maybe somebody brings into work, you know, whatever that may be, I know I can be included in with it and not feel so restricted. Mm-hmm. But I also know when to say yes and when to say no as well. You know, you can't always say yes to every thing, you know, because sure. I mean, food's all around us, no matter where you look. I mean, think of people bringing food in for everything, every reason. And that's just how society is now for a lot of things. But if you learn to juggle your yeses and nos and say yes to when you really want something, mm-hmm. okay, then enjoy it and get back on track. Or maybe you say no. Like there's many times now where like I can be, I can go places with friends or family and they might all be having something and maybe I just honestly do not want it. Or, or I, you know, maybe this isn't the, if it's not a hell yes, then don't eat it. Like, you know, before I used to eat just because it was there. Yeah. Like just the other day I was talking to a coworker, we were at the break room eating lunch and somebody had brought in like a big bowl of Halloween candy. And I said before I would have been fist deep in that bowl of candy eating, you know, pieces left and right. Now I'm, I, I didn't want any. I, I, I literally legitimately did not want any because I just, I've learned that that instant gratification isn't going to be worth it. Like, could I have ate a piece of candy? Absolutely. But I've learned when it's a good time and place to say yes or no. Yeah. Me and my wife kind of have like a, it's kind of a joke, but we always ask each other, like, are those calories really worth it? Cause like, you know, we'll be driving somewhere and there'll be like a, you know, we go to Cincinnati a lot and there'll be like a sushi place and be like, Oh, let's get some of that sushi. And it's like, are those calories really worth it? Well, we can't come here a lot. It's really good. So yeah, they are. But maybe for that Snickers bar or Reese cup at Speedway, when you're there getting gas, you know, those might not really be worth it. And so that kind of thing, uh, just that little bit of accountability um, can really help. So I asked you this earlier, but we were talking about, uh, you know, being able to do that, lose that 150 pounds is like really help your confidence or made you more confident. I was wondering if that confidence has spilled over into other parts of your life. Have you feel, felt more confidence to like explore more different kinds of strength training or just any different things? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, for, I guess first I can just touch on the strength training. Like I, you know, last year I started and went in the gym. I was doing like all, it was started out as the majority of cardio. And that's mm-hmm. when I started to realize how important strength training is and involve this, you know, greater than just cardio. And so I started implementing more, like I was just using all the machines in the gym. And then about August or so, I actually started working with a personal trainer at the gym to start learning how to use free weights and all the different compound lifts and so i worked with him for about probably two three months or so and then after that i you know i still i'm I'm, that's another reason i'm so glad to be getting back into the gym now today back today because i'm actually starting able to start doing more of those compound lifts in the gym setting but um you know it's helped with that and just and just being able to like you know i 
I don't know if it's right to say like I'm, I'm you know, am I am I proud of being 382 pounds? No. Am, I am proud of my weight loss and I am proud of where I've come to. And I, and I, and I just think now I, that's why I love sharing my journey with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that confidence has helped with that because it, it helps others who are also looking to lose weight, you know, maybe not as much as I have, but like just wanting to lose weight that it can be possible. And that's like been my biggest goal is just like, you know, sure some inspiration here and there, but really just to show people that it's possible. This isn't a difficult, like, yes, weight loss isn't easy, but it's also not hard. It doesn't have to be hard. I should say. No. Like you, yes, you need to put in the discipline. You need to put in the work, but it's not hard. Stick to the basics. Stop looking for the next fat burner pill. Stop looking for the, you know, the detox teas, the juices, the waste trainers, the, you name it, all these money wasters. Stop looking for all that. Count your calories, get enough sleep, get enough protein, drink your water, get some movement in. Yeah. It really isn't more than that. No, the, the way I look at it is the, the blueprint is there. All it takes is time and your consistency. Yeah. What, what, weight That's loss isn't, part. yeah. You know, I, I jokingly tell people, you know, this process isn't as sexy as it looks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, everyone's looking for that quick fix that, you know, the 21 day fix or, you know, some 90 day program or, you know, looking for shredded abs or whatever it may be. It's just like, just focus on the basics. You will make so much more progress if you just stick to slow, consistent, effective, sustainable changes instead of trying to reach for some crazy program that's out there. Yeah. So many people, um, you know, I, I like to think about like the rocks analogy, like your big rocks are, are the things that are kind of non-negotiable you have to, and they don't get those things in order. So like people will jump right to these little minute details of like, I got to be on this ab program and I have to time my meals perfectly, like meal timing. And I got to watch, I don't want to spike my blood sugar, but then it's like, you're not sleeping eight hours a day you're not moving for 30 minutes and you're not controlling your calories so like why worry about all these little minute details before you get those things in order and like in you know concrete why are you jumping straight to these little things and it doesn't you're not building that foundation and you know i think it is because like what you said people want that quick fix they do they they really do and and it's you know, and as I, I, I know, I just like, kind of briefly mentioned earlier, but, you know, I've, I've gotten into nutrition coaching now. And that's one of the hardest things is like when I have a, someone come to me wanting to lose weight is they have these high expectations of like, I want to lose, you know, three, four pounds a week. I want to, you know, I want to lose 50 pounds in you know, the next few weeks and all these huge goals. And it's like, all right, one, we need to look at realistic goals. Mm-hmm. And two, it's like, you know, as a coach, sure, I can help you lose that amount of weight real quick and get to that goal weight. But are you looking for getting results or are you looking for lifelong sustainability? And you need to get a really clear picture of what is your priority. Yeah. 
losing the weight or keeping the weight off. And that goes back to those goals because if your goals are based around, I want to look good for my vacation in six or eight weeks, then, you know, they might want that 1200,000 calorie diet. But if it is to be healthy and be around for their kids and things like that, then they probably will jump to, you know, doing what you're saying and, and not be so focused on the here and now and play, play it for the long run. Exactly. So weight training. So you're getting into weight training. You got a, you got a personal trainer for a while, learning a little bit more, more about it. What's your favorite lift so far? What are you enjoying? I love the deadlift. Love the deadlift. Me too, man. So yeah, actually just surpassed my um, body weight in deadlifting. Good for you. Good for you. Strength training is really like my passion. That's what I love. Um, it kind of blows people's mind whenever you tell them, you know, I uh, lost 130 pounds and they're like, Oh, what did you do? Did you run and do all this stuff? No, like I barely do any cardio at all. I started strength training from day one and revolved my diet around that using it as fuel to build muscle. And you know, the more muscle you're building, the more calories you're burning mm-hmm. um, daily, that kind of stuff. And so probably too much, but I preach weight training to, to everyone. And I just get mm-hmm. so pumped whenever somebody, um, starts weight training. I'm always excited to uh, hear how their experience is going with it. Yeah, I know. I, I love it. And I, that's another thing I, I tell people because I have so many people that I know that are doing all these crazy cardio sessions or anything or that were all about the HIIT workouts and everything. You know, that, yeah, it's, you know, it's, I'm not saying, I'm not knocking cardio. I mean, cardio is great for endurance. You know, I've been doing yeah. a lot of running lately and like, you know, that's, it's great for endurance. But if you were really looking for like some like putting on muscle and like you said, helping get in at your calorie, your maintenance calories up and just for sustainability purposes, you know, strength training for that. And I love it. Like that's, that's definitely my, I've definitely changed gears throughout this journey of from cardio to more strength training. So what made you, I guess this is kind of a two part question, but so you got into the strength training and now you're into the one-on-one nutrition coaching. Do you see any kind of like personal training coming in your future? Uh, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I guess there's time and a place we'll see, but um, you know, I, I, I almost, I think I'd rather stay focused on the nutrition side of things and let someone who like, I'm all for like, you know, who says you only need to have one coach, have, have, have someone who is, you know, really strong in nutrition and then get someone else who's really strong in strength training and workouts and, you know, mend them together and you have one heck of a weight loss plan or, you know, whatever goal you may be strength gaining or whatever it may be. So, I mean, right now I probably stick to the nutrition. So what led you to start uh, your nutrition coaching business? Um, I think the, just going through it myself, that has been really cool. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me asking like, you know, how did you do it? You know, what have you done? And can you help me get started? And, and just through that, like, it's so much like, I feel like I need to do something to help people. Um, I didn't know if I was gonna really do it in like a formal setting, like actual like coaching, um, or just more just kind of just messaging people back and forth. But then um, my coach and a couple other coaches I know have all kind of been pushing me a little bit to, um, but you know, they're not really like pushing me, but just, you know, really encouraging me like to think about being able to like, 
I feel like I have like this gift now that I can, I've learned so much knowledge and like actually going through this process myself that I'm able to connect and relate to so many people out there who are wanting to do the same thing. And now I can share this knowledge that I have and this passion I have for nutrition and health and help others. And it's a great feeling, like just being able to help somebody see their tourist potential. Hmm. Yeah. And so you're kind of doing that in two ways. Like, so you're doing that with your career, you're helping people literally, um, survive or, you know, live as a nurse. Um, and then also in the gym or in nutritionally, you know, you're kind of, you know, nutritional is kind of a form of preventative medicine, right? And then you're doing the actual medicine both. So it's kind of cool that uh, you're able to help on both sides. Yeah, it really is. And, and, you know, I I separate the two, you know, I don't take my nutrition business and the work, of course, you know, that's stay separate, but I I definitely, and it crosses my mind about all these people I see and like patients I take care of. It's just like, man, like if, if only I, someone was there to help them get through this. Some of the things, you know, seeing these health complications that they may be having now and thinking about what they could do to change their life just by simple little changes that, you know, I observe. It just, it's interesting to make that connection and see both sides of it. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, So as a coach, what are some of the common issues that you've come across that people are struggling that people struggle with with food um a couple of things so one either under eating i think that's a big one uh, we have these people who have like as we can call them like chronic dieters like they've been dieting for years and you know you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight and so people say you know like oh you know i'm always i eat a thousand calories a day I, you know i'm in a deficit but, but what really happens most of the time is they're in a deficit and so restrictive of a diet, uh, diet deficit that eventually they end up having a binge and then it just kind of counteracts, you know, whatever deficit they did have, or they start their body just like gets like some metabolic adaptations where their body just isn't at a state to lose weight. I mean, your body, you think, think back to like the caveman days. <laughs> I mean, going back, you know, the body was meant to survive and live off the land. It didn't know what its next meal was. It meant it, it learned how to live and survive off of what you, what you fed it. So if that meant, you know, a thousand calories every day, it adapted to learn how to live off the land and live on a thousand calories every day. So fast forward to today, if you can, you know, your body is wanting to live at that homeostasis. It doesn't, it doesn't want to gain weight. It doesn't want to lose weight. It wants to stay even. So if you are, constantly under eating your body's gonna start getting more and more comfortable with those lower calories so you're actually lowering your maintenance calories and then to the point where it's gonna be super hard for you to lose weight at those low calories because your body has just said okay i'm comfortable with a thousand calories you know that elliptical workout you did that may have burnt 200 calories when you first started doing it now your body's gotten used to it so same thing with that now maybe you're only burning 50 calories or 100 calories with it. So it's, it's I think under eating is a big thing and it, and it's a hard process to work to walk somebody through of like trying to get your calories back up to get your metabolism back up to where it should be. Um, but that's one thing. Another thing I see is people who are 
overeating and most of them know they're overeating, but they don't know by how much. Yeah. And so just that first week when I say track your food, whatever you're eating and don't, don't make changes. Don't try to act like you're going on a diet. I want you just to track exactly how you've been eating the past however many months or years. And you have people do that. And it's like, Oh, they're eating 35, 4,000 calories every day. And they had honestly no clue. Like they knew they were eating a lot, but they didn't realize it was that much. And, and the so crazy just, part about that is even though you tell them like not to restrict, they probably are restricting a little bit just because they're like, Oh, I got to track this. I should make like, I should eat a little bit less, you know? So they really are the hell. They might be closer to like that 5,000 mark or 4,000. It could be absolutely, but but I do try to stress with them. I'm like, you know, no judgment coming from me at all. Like, I, I'm not going to judge how you're eating now, but I want to know where you're at now. That way, when I start setting calorie goals, you know, if, if you're eating 5,000 calories now, I'm not going to set a 2,000 calorie goal for you. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to shave 3,000 calories off in one day. Your body will not like that at all. Um, so I tell them, you know, I want to see what you're doing. So no matter what it is, log it. And, you know, we'll make progress from there. Um, so I think that's another big thing I see. And then just, again, back to the awareness piece of things, just people not realizing what's in their food that they're eating. Like, and like all these higher calorie foods, but like the things that you, that you think are healthy, you know, that always get the label of the, you know, <laughs> I always think about, you know, the, all the big old labels at the grocery store that say, you know, healthy or, you know, whole grain or whatever, you know, organic or whatever it may be, you know, all these fancy labels on the packages. But if you actually really look at that, you know, flip the box over and look at that nutrition label, it's like, wow, this, yeah, it might have a lot of micronutrients mm -hmm. and be and you know be healthy for you but any food in a calorie surplus is still going to make you gain weight you know i think of like you know, like a lot of like your fat sources and stuff like your nuts your avocados your um peanut butter like <laughs> i think that's one everyone always goes back to like peanut butter is like when's the last time you weighed out a tablespoon of peanut butter until you do you'll probably be shocked how much it really is what you've been scooping out of the jar <laughs> yeah yeah but just, just again, creating that awareness has probably been one of the greatest things being a coach and just really helping people realize what they are eating. All right, man. So wrapping up here, this is a question that I ask everybody. Um, if you could give the listeners one simple tip uh, that they could implement today to help them along in their journey, what would that be? So just one simple thing I could start doing today and help me. Hmm. Because <laughs> there's so many out there. Um, I would say don't give up on yourself. And I'm not gonna go down the rabbit hole in it again because we've talked about a lot of this a lot on this episode about that already. But and it's also a pretty broad one and maybe it's not maybe like an actionable item, like something you can like go and do like eating enough protein or yada, yada, yada. But I think that is super important to give yourself that grace 
to be able to push through and be consistent. Even when you have the bad, bad days, the bad weekend, whatever it may be, don't give up on yourself. I, I really cannot preach that enough. Is as long as you're consistent, you will be just fine. Trust the process. All right, man, that is great. I mean, that's exactly uh, the kind of things that I want to hear there. Um, so before we get off here, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. And uh, if they're interested in coaching, give us the whole spill. Yeah, so um, probably most active on my Instagram, it's at changing underscore chase. Um, that kind of came about from the very beginning of my journey and I haven't changed it or anything throughout my getting in the nutrition space. I've just kind of left it with the changing chase. Um, I also am on Facebook, Chase Smith. Uh, I have a free Facebook nutrition coaching group where you know, we always bounce around ideas in the group and share some free content for anyone looking to reach some goals. It's, um, you can find me at Chase Smith Nutrition. Um, and then if you're interested in coaching or learn more about it or even set up a free call with me, we'll talk about your goals and see if coaching is even good fit for you. Um, you can sign up at uh, chasesmithnutrition.com. Awesome. I will link all that um, that you just said in the show notes so people can access it. Um, and I'll put it in the post whenever uh, make it for the Instagram. But that's it, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Had a great time talking to Chase. Uh, thank you so much for being on the episode. Um, make sure that you guys head over to the Instagram, Hungry for Success, Success Podcast. Uh, give it a follow and uh, hit subscribe so you can stay up to date on all the episode. Thanks. Bye.